Hello, and welcome to this new season of Be a Better Leader, where we're digging in to discuss the ways that trust changes everything. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. AJ Lee, and currently serve as Manager of Customer Success and a Learning and Implementation Strategist here at Franklin Covey. Now, it's clear that our level of trust can affect the way that we communicate with someone, but it's easy to underestimate just how impactful that can be in either good or not so great ways. Trust can facilitate the efficient transfer of information and knowledge, and a lack of trust can also cause that message to just get lost. Um, So to help us better understand this connection between trust and communication and how a leader like you, can influence it. We're joined today by Franklin Covey's global practice leader for the speed of trust, Doug Faber. Doug, so thrilled to have you with us today. Good morning, AJ, and good morning to everybody out there. It's so great to have the opportunity to speak with you today. Yes, yes, absolutely. And communication is such a big term when we're talking about business and how we're interacting with others. I know many even think about communication as a person's message and just simply the words that are coming out of their mouth. Uh, Data shows that that might just be 7% of of how someone's actually communicating, right, is the words. Um, So when we think about communication and trust, Doug, um, I would love to just have you level set for us and and help us understand, is it safe to say that in a high trust culture, communication is more open and free and in a low trust environment is guarded? Is that oversimplified? <laughs> I well, would love you, to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the question and everything that you're talking about is so important. So maybe just kind of break it down piece by piece, right? Because kind of like, what is communication? It, it is yeah. a two-way engagement. It is it is not just what I say and do that that projects trust, but it's it's somebody else is receiving that, and, and that's really I want to start there. Let, let's start with reception more than projection first, because every one of us it's just that this is the way the brain is wired. We didn't create this stuff. Our bodies have evolved. And it includes our brain. And in our brain, it is constantly on fire detecting whether should I be safe or should I be suspicious right now? I mean, this is why we survived the saber-toothed tigers. And if we can even just recognize that for a moment, that in all of our interactions, everything I say or do, this unconscious detection is happening between us. And so whether that communication is in a voice-to-voice conversation like we're doing right now, whether it's in an email, whether it's in a text, whether it's in a big group meeting, all of this is happening. All of us are creating this detection. And if we can all understand that as leaders, then we can back, back this up a little bit and say, okay, I can't change how somebody feels. But what I can control is what and how I am communicating to people. Mm. Am I communicating in ways that inspires that confidence? And we define trust as confidence that's born both of our character and our competence. And we define the opposite of trust as suspicion. And so it's that spectrum from suspicion to confidence that our brain is always going and firing on. 
And so if what we can do is recognize we're responsible for creating that sense of confidence for others in what we say and what we do. Mm-hmm. And if our actions can match our, our intent, then we can make it easier for people to connect with us. And there's a whole lot into that, but just underneath that at the foundation, you know, how do I make this environment safe so that people can communicate most effectively? Absolutely. And you shared a lot of just powerful insights there. When we think about the actions matching our intent, yeah. what you just shared, how can we make our actions match our intent as leaders to yeah. create that environment? And I would love to dive a little more deeply into those environments that might feel like they're more low trust or we feel suspicious and we know that someone does. There's that perception versus reality happening. How, what type of environment, what do we see in those types of environments typically? Uh How do we feel? And then um, what are some consequences of staying there for too long? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's kind of use an example in that one where we're talking about maybe somebody's intent is really genuinely good, but unfortunately something about their actions signals something else Mm -hmm. to people. Okay. And so let's use like something that we might all commonly as leaders get involved with and that maybe we had a problem that happened with another team and that we created, or maybe it was to a client And so as a leader, we're sending out this email that broadcasts, hey, I just want to get to the root cause of the challenge and let's get together and solve this. So I'm I'm communicating my intent as let's do a root cause analysis. Mm -hmm. But if in the continuation of that email where I'm inviting people into this conversation, I start using language that sounds like fault, blame, accusation, that's inconsistent with root cause analysis. Mm. I'm still angry right now that we have this problem. My emotions are coming out in this. These are very common kind of reactions. And what we're not recognizing is when we're doing that, we're creating suspicion for others. Okay, why is Doug inviting us into this room? He says it's for root cause analysis, but really it sounds like he wants to get somebody in trouble right now. And so we start creating confusion for others around what our true intent is. And in that kind of environment, I want to go to the second part of your question right Mm -hmm. now. What are the consequences of that? Open communication, problem solving, innovation, collaboration. That kind of stuff is going to happen when people can feel free from their fears. They're not going to be governed by I can't speak up because if I do, Doug is going to cave my head in right now. You know, he's out for somebody. If what we can do is act in ways that are consistent with that messaging, this is where we say trust is both a combination of our credibility Mm -hmm. and we reveal that credibility through our behavior. Others experience our credibility that way, our believability in how we show up to them. It's when we align our behaviors with our credibility that we really do create confidence for others, that we can create that open environment where people can 
lean into the conversation and share their best thinking without fear of retribution or maybe being made fun of or, you know, the other things that govern fear for people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love the example you shared, Doug, because you went from like a written communication, which I yeah. think we, we take for granted how yeah. important it is to think through our tone of how uh-huh. we're yeah. communicating and, and taking that moment of pause before we type all the way to, okay, when you're in the room, how do you create through yeah. the conversations and interactions that trust as well? Um is there any advice you'd give to a leader that finds themselves often uh, reacting um, to those yeah. types of things that are happening yeah. and um, maybe quick with the with the fingers on the text or the yeah, type uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and and low on the context to yeah. to the why of that and that um, intentionality that you're speaking yeah. to. And, and that's that that you just said the right word why. Mm-hmm. Why am I responding right now? And what kind of a response am I expecting really? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the first thing that I always encourage people to do in response to a question like this is, hey, take a deep breath and let it out. Can you walk away from the computer for a moment? Can you walk away from your phone for a moment? Literally walk. Go get, go get some steps in. Let your heart do its thing, you know? and reconnect your head and your heart. Take a deep breath, let it out, and then ask yourself, what do I really want to accomplish with this communication? And then the next level, why do I really want that? And you know, there's a process that's known as the five whys in quality processing, and and get to the root of your issue, because let's make sure that you're really communicating what you truly want to communicate. Not some veiled issue, but let's get real with each other. Let's, you know, one of the languages or behaviors that we talk about with trust is confronting reality. What is the reality that we're truly confronting? What's my intent and the reasons why we're getting to this? And let's be openly transparent. Mm -hmm. Let's not have people wonder what we're up to. Because when they're doing that, um, you know, they're often filling in stories because we failed to create the right storyline. Yeah. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. And and I hope if you're listening to us and you're taking notes, I hope you're writing down some of these (laughs) nuggets that Doug is just dropping because it is a situation a lot of us as leaders find ourselves in. I know myself included, I've heard stories of friends like where you, you're just moving so fast. It's easy yeah. to not even realize you're creating a low trust environment. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I just, I want to touch on something you just said. It's so powerful, right? We all work so quickly. I really don't think any of us as leaders are trying to create untrusting environments. It's just that we're, we're leaving, we, we pay the consequence of not being intentional. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about intent as being one of the four cores. You know, if we had the opposite of the four cores, unintentional would be the opposite there. And sometimes, you know, this, the speed in which we're doing things consumes us. And I don't know about you, but I think I can write pretty well. 
And I look at some of the emails I sent like three days ago and I'm like, once it took me 20 minutes to construct and I'm sitting there going, what, what was I trying to say? What did this poor person actually read and interpret from that message? Mm-hmm. And I can write. So, you know, I, I, there's just, you know, there's all this byproduct that happens when we're not considerate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. And, and a lot of it's putting ourselves in the other person's shoes, right? right. And, and understanding their, how they're going to receive the message. That's yeah. the heart of what you've been sharing as well, right? Yeah. We're, we have to think about how we're communicating it and then how it's going to be received. Why am I delivering this message? Um, Yeah, exactly. What is my intent? (laughs) Using that kind of language so somebody else doesn't ascribe an intent to me because I'm not being clear. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So when we think about communicating trust in in these various ways, um, we talked a little bit about the framework and the foundation of how we would go about just being even more proactive in how we're displaying trust in our everyday interactions. Could you help the listeners understand how they would move through um, the full framework to communicate trust to their teams? Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of communicating that that's what you want, right? Uh, our, our framework of trust, again, just back through definition, it's trust is built of our character, which is comprised of our integrity and our intent. It's, it's comprised of our competence which has our capabilities and our results. And we reveal those through our, what we call the 13 behaviors of high trust. Now, you know, a lot of those include things like things we would expect our grandparents would have taught us. They're, they feel like common sense kind of things. Uh, things like speaking truthfully and demonstrating respect and showing loyalty as examples. You know, righting wrongs when we make mistakes. How do we recover from our mistakes? and Those are all character attributes, right? So do we model the very attributes as leaders that we expect of our teammates? And and are we showing those? And and of course, there are some associated with competence. I don't think we're going to go into each of those today, but but I do want to talk about one of them to create real trusting environments. And it's it's drawn from a statistic that... um, recently came out that said employees who say their managers are always willing to listen to work-related problems are 4.2 times more likely to strongly agree that they trust the leadership in their organization. The power of listening, which happens to be listen first, Mm -hmm. uh, behavior number 11 in the 13 behaviors, is one of the most powerful leadership attributes that we can do to convey to others that they are feeling trusted. That listening component is so powerful. And so it is critical for us as leaders to start to develop it. I can tell you, we've had over 1.2 million people give feedback to their leaders in 360 feedbacks. And you might guess the lowest skill set amongst the 13 behaviors is listening across the planet. And that just goes right back to speed, right? We're all working so fast. When we get that knock on the door or the proverbial, now it's a Zoom interruption. Hey, you got a minute. It's never a minute 
right? I think we can all get real around it, but how do we slow down to really hear our people? Oh my goodness. It's so good. And, and, and I, I, I love the reframe I've heard as well on like listening first is, you know, listen, don't just wait to talk. <laughs> like, I think sometimes yeah. we leaders are, are listening with the intent to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Listening yeah. with the intent to receive, digest, and yeah. then to share, um, appropriately, uh, response that That's aligns right. to what that person just told us. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, Doug, I know that we could just continue down this conversation of communication because there's so many different directions we could take it. But before we wrap up the time, I would love to know from you, is there anything that we we didn't cover that you want to be sure to leave the <laughs> listeners with before we wrap the time? I, I think we really did hit on a lot today. Uh, but if what we could do is just remember, take a deep breath, slow down. Yeah. Am I truly communicating my intent? And are my actions matching my intent? These create environments that allow for effective communication. And as you do it, you're actually modeling and teaching your people to do the same thing. We can all get better then at challenging when we don't understand each other's intent. So like AJ with me, if we have this common language with each other, and I'm not clear on what your intent is, I'm not afraid to ask you. Rather than me filling it in for you, I just say, hey, Jay, I don't know where we're going with this, and I don't want my lizard brain to take over. Can you just slow down for a second? Where are we going with this? What do you want? What is your intent? Mm -hmm. When we can do that with each other, we can work so much faster. It's so much easier, and it's a lot more fun. Hmm. When our actions match our intent, it is a lot, lot more fun. Oh, wonderful. Well, Doug, thank you so much for just your wisdom, for your insights shared. Um, And for those of you listening, we can continue to build upon these resources. If you want to learn more tactics to improve your own communication, we do have a free guide that talks about six communication skills that you can use to build trust and continue to inspire your team. You can find a link to that in the show notes or even visit franklincovey.com for more information. Until next time, I'm Dr. AJ. Take care and let's continue to get better. Mm